Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome back to the campfire. Sitting over yonder on the other side is Peggy. And on the other other side is Tony. Hi, welcome from the other other side. <laughs> Last week we had part one of our two-part episode about RV maintenance with John Goldstein from Leisure Coach Works. He taught us so much. Yeah, and I was a little concerned <laughs> that people would write in and say, oh dear God, you've uh, you've made me swear off RVing or or." I, I'm. It's no longer stressless camping, and all. but surprisingly, people were really positive about it. They, they appreciated the great information from John, and I think he's even going to get some new customers. They they do a super job down there. It was very encouraging. So, and thank you for writing. You know, if you uh, if you would like to contact us, we're all over the interwebs, all the social stuff, and you can also get to us through our website at stresslesscamping.com. And speaking of the interwebs. I saw a post on an RV forum by Adam Douglas, who's a notorious RV hacker. He was working on his RV and removed the switch panel and actually found the fuse for his awning light behind the panel. Is that where it goes? No, that's that was ridiculous. So obviously all RVs have a fuse box and a lot of the newer ones, there's even a little LED light that shines if one of the fuses is blown out that's handy yeah but you know he literally <laughs> he had to pull this panel off to do some repair and behind the panel he found a fuse and it's like come on guys that's that's not a legitimate place to put a fuse i mean isn't there like a designated place for all the fuses you would think so if you're having trouble and you're not getting electrical to something who knows? And you're not seeing a fuse blown out in your fuse panel. Maybe it's Start hidden. By, it, that's so ridiculous that they put it the there. Taking all the switch panels off and look for it. Disassemble your <laughs> RV and look for the fuses. Oh, that man. doesn't sound like the best idea. No, that is not stressless camping. <laughs> because, you know, if you're going to fix it like me, there's going to be spare parts. And you're like, I don't know where these go. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Anyway, we're going to come back to the interview with John from Leisure Coach Work. We hope you enjoy this part, too. And so without any further ado, let's talk to John. He's uh, He's got information about the RV electrical systems to start with. and I hope that's getting you all charged up. Oh, my God. I bet some people were shocked by that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> let's get to John, shall we? Yeah, let's stop. Here we go. So I did a story about... RV fires, and apparently the 12-volt system, according to that source, was the most common source of electrical fires, not propane. That's an interesting subject. Um, (laughs) Well, you know what I always try and tell people is RVs and logic don't always go together. So if you're (laughs) trying to put them together and try and logically think about anything, you know, what your first logical answer is is probably far from what's going to apply to the RV situation. 12 volt, anytime you have electricity, whether it's 12 volt or 110, one of the most common things that causes stuff like that is loose connections, bad connections, you know, or even something that's corroded from water. Transfer switches are notorious for loosening up over time. Um, if you, uh, what a transfer switch is, is if you have like a, a built in generator and a short plug, a lot of units will have a transfer switch that'll switch between power. 
um, and make sure only one source of power is coming into the coach at one time. A lot of the generator installs, if you have an outlet that you have to plug your your plug into, then you definitely don't have a transfer switch. But you know that's one thing. Looking at all of the 12 volt fuses and making sure that they're all tight, crawling underneath your coach, making sure that you know there's almost always a group of 12 volt wires, um, or at least centrally located. You want to make sure that nothing's chafed, nothing's pinched, nothing's tight. And a lot of times, you know, whether you see a wire that looks like it's going to rub itself on some metal, you could take some tape and, and protect that. You could, you know, grab a dab of silicone and put it on a sharp object to protect it from that wire. Anytime you create friction, letting things rub together. Um, I'll never forget there was one time I had a customer that asked me to go look at a uh, a coach out there and I'm, I'm not going to mention any brand or anything like that <laughs> they wanted me to go and just give them a general opinion and I went over and everything looked really nice and and then I actually rolled underneath the coach to take a look at it and the salesman was kind of like what's going on I'm like well I know a little bit about RVs I didn't tell the gentleman that you know what I did and I went underneath there and I came out I was like oh definitely if you get this one you should take a look at something under here and he's like what's going on and really what they had done was there was a whole group of wires. They had kind of got pulled and yanked up behind a refrigerator. There was a bunch of uh, mesh, like wire mesh, that was designed to keep stuff out. The way it was cut was pretty much right next to the 12-volt uh, wires. And not too far away was a was a gas line. So it's oh. definitely important to look for stuff like that. And, you know, in the RV industry, it's really, really, really important to just try and be observant and just look around. And if it looks like it could be an issue, just bring it up, you know. And that could that that little thing that literally was if you pull the wires back just a little bit, tape it, strap it down in the area that you need to protect all the rough areas from being able to penetrate the wire and then trying to find a way to um, at least limit the fact that, you know, you don't want to have stuff like that right next to a gas line. And again, <laughs> I mean, even if you did have something, you know, as far as a wire that would cut, you would still have to have a leak. But, you know, it's it's just always good maintenance to just walk around, know your coach, know how it sounds, know how it works. And, um, you know, if there's something that doesn't sound right, look right, go and get it checked out. Was that situation uh, something that had been modified or that's how the coach was built? That was a brand new coach. Yikes. Yeah. Okay. So I tend to be the guy that finds the one that is always <laughs> the one that has an issue. You know, 98% of the other ones might not have had that issue. They might have pulled the wire too tight. They may have pulled the refrigerator forward or something when they did the installation. But, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I've seen coaches come in here that were just left the factory at all different kinds of factories, and there's pools inside the cabinets. I mean, when we worked on our toy hauler and we had to change the 12-volt-110 load center, kind of back to the electrical subject, we pulled it out and there was a guy's... Uh, <laughs> A hat, a pair of socks, uh, shorts, and like his whole change of clothes that was supposed to go oh, on him geez. probably when he left the factory. You know, at the end of the day, it got closed up in the coach and went down the line. Oh, my and, God. And, um, you know, it it happens. I mean, there's times that people <laughs> would call and say, you know, there's a tool inside of here, and it's not mine. And it's, you know, stuff happens. Stuff happens. So definitely um, keep a lookout. Keep a listen. 
and um, back to the 12 volt stuff. Just just make sure everything's nice and tight. The fuses are the right size. Definitely don't replace fuses with a fuse that's bigger than it's supposed to be. And just try and make sure that everything is tight. And if it's not tight, do what you can to, to either recrimp it, change the end, um, tighten up that nut, and definitely try and anticipate everything moving and giving everything enough room to move. Yeah, uh, it's been described that an RV going down the road is like a 4.5 Richter scale earthquake going through a hurricane. So, and then you expect it to work when you get there, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned the the change of clothes that you guys found. Uh, we had a whole <laughs> box of extraneous tools, screwdrivers, little assembly tools that we found over the years, and we had them in a box there. So there you go. It's nothing like the time that Kathy told me that there was a cat in the walls <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> like i was saying rvs and logic never go together and as soon as you think you've really seen it all you haven't i yeah. think probably yeah. one of the the craziest situations or the well not the craziest but kind of a little off subject we had a customer that brought a coach in for a, an insurance job and what they had done was they actually hooked their black water tank up to flush the tank, they had walked away, oh boy. left the unit hooked up, filled the tank, cleaned the tank, went straight up the vent pipe, onto the roof, into the air conditioner, into the roof mounted oh ducts, gosh. into the walls, oh. and we had to go back and, and fix this brand new super expensive fifth wheel we had to take panels apart we had to have it they have different ways of sterilizing based on heat and long times of having it exposed to certain temperatures and then literally just going back through and cleaning everything that you can so it's it's definitely important to always be slow down enjoy the trip don't always try and jump to the next thing before you finish the first because if you do Sometimes, no pun intended, it doesn't work out well for anybody. <laughs> right? We all we all know what what the next statement is. That things can go to yeah. poop, as it were. <laughs> yeah, and normally poop doesn't go uphill, but if it does, it normally tends to end up really bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, oh, and that I guess brings us to our last segment, which is the water system of an RV. And up here in Northern California, we do get freezing temperatures. And, of course, a lot of our listeners all over the U.S. can get really cold temperatures. So freezing is something to be particularly aware of. But I've seen little leaks. Even there was one mentioned the other day where it was uh, slowly dripping at the back of a shower stand. A lot of times water leaks, I mean, I mean, if you if you hear your water pump cycling on and off more than normal, you got a leak. You either have right. a leak, you have you have a, a dirty filter. Definitely important to, to always take a look. I actually had it happen um, in our, our toy hauler when we were out camping at one of our trade shows because we have a motorhome and a toy hauler, and a lot of times, depending on which way we go or where we're going, you know, one does a little bit better. Our toy hauler that we have has a lot more fresh water, so we tend to take that on longer trips um, when we're dry camping in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, this coach is, it was 
thoroughly checked out long before we left and as soon as we got there you know we get there try to use the toilet the first time and now we have a leak on the back of the toilet and yeah you're in the middle of nowhere and you know carrying a little bit of teflon tape some some silicone clamps gear clamps anything you can it's always good to have on board and it sure seems anytime you have it on board you don't need it and the time you don't have it's the time you really <laughs> wish you did but to answer the question as far as you know it it's always good to just go around and and listen for your pump if it's cycling too much um go look at all the connections behind the sinks behind the you know faucets behind the showers and next to the toilets and any area where you have ex exposed plumbing, you want to try and insulate it if you can. Any areas where you have a hole um, where it's coming up through the floor, it's always good to have those sealed as well. And then proper techniques of getting all of the water out of the lines when you're trying to put the unit away is is always going to be different based on certain manufacturer specifications and if you have different valves that you have to open or close to winterize and then you know definitely follow those instructions and a lot of times the other thing people don't realize is you know the p-trap in your shower the p-trap in your sink when that last time you use that that actually fills with water so if you are going to winterize the unit it's always good to put a winterizing solution in those spots as well because those can freeze and crack. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, this is great information. Yeah, it is. John, any uh, parting tips or anything for people that you don't you think we haven't covered so far? One of the most important things that people tend to forget is you're going to have a good time. A lot of the times, everything that you have to even possibly get through to get up there and to get away is part of the battle that you have to do to make your trip happen. And if you know and understand that whatever you expect to have to do before you leave is going to change, you're going to be all right. And as soon as you think that you're just going to hook up and leave, you're going to start your day pretty bad. So <laughs> slow down. Don't rush. Get there when you get there. It's going to be there when you get there. If you end up being there late at night, definitely try and have somebody um, outside the coach uh, with a flashlight giving you guidance. Definitely whoever is giving guidance, make sure that you can see them or hear them because a lot of the times the people that are giving you guidance are not in the right spot to where you can even see them or hear them. And by the time they finally do let you know what's going on, it's too late. And then just go have a good time. Go have a good time. Expect to be creative. Take away whatever you can from the visit and the trip that you have. And normally what you walk away with is not always going to be what you expect, but it's going to definitely make a good story. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. And and hence a podcast, a website. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, John, we really appreciate your time, and hopefully we haven't dissuaded anybody from being a stressless camper. I think basic maintenance is, is just a key, but boy, the, the RV experience is absolutely a good one, and it's a great way to see this beautiful country. So uh, don't don't worry. John's seen about the worst you can possibly see. Uh, it's just like a doctor. If, if you only listen to your doctor and you don't go out and have a piece of apple pie now and then you're, you're missing the point. So <laughs> there you go. That is so true. That is so true. And, and I mean, you got me on the phone here 
I tend to tell people like it is. I, I don't mess around as far as trying to tell you what, what could happen. And, and definitely a little bit of maintenance goes a long way. And, and don't stop enjoying those trips. Yeah, and, and if you happen to be in Southern California and you want absolutely terrific repairs and maintenance done on your RV motorhome, what, whatever you happen to enjoy, uh, Leisure Coach Works, they, they know these things inside and out. They've built them. They've seen them. They've fixed them. And so I, I can't recommend you guys any more highly. I appreciate that. We're Yeah, we're right across the street from the California Speedway. We have uh, eight power hookups for those people that actually are traveling the country and are in the Southern California, Fontana area. Or if you live in your coach full time, we have power hookups. We can work on your coach during the day, and then we pull you out every night, and you can camp out, and we could start on it the next day. We're a direct repair facility for National General, Tiffin Motorhomes, and um, any any basic extended warranty we can, we can deal with. With as well and we'll, we got you covered and we shampoo your carpets and we wash your coach for free with every service no oh, that's terrific Ooh. that alone is worth dragging my trailer down there for yeah <laughs> let's break something we always appreciate the work <laughs> and you're gonna make a mess when you fix anything and you got to give it back better when you when you're done yeah you guys are just very detail oriented and do a super job so thank you john and uh happy camping and we hope to see you again real soon yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hey, I see you're packing for our next road trip. Oh, yeah. These are all the ingredients for making different grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub stick. Great. But uh, where are the clothes? I got all kinds of inspiration for making grilled cheese sandwiches with our grub sticks over the campfire. There are 11 kinds of cheese and bacon, bacon jam, ham, five kinds of bread. Wait, okay. That's all for making grilled cheese sandwiches? Yeah. I know the grub stick is a perfect campfire accessory made of quality parts that work together for sandwiches, hot dogs, s'mores, woofums, and all sorts of other great meals. But isn't this a bit too much variety? Camping is supposed to be simple. Oh, it's simple to use your grub stick over the campfire or even on the barbecue to make great meals. And even kids can use them safely and easily. Plus, with the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS, you get 15% off your grub sticks. It's the best deal around. Yeah, but it's going to take us weeks to eat that mini grilled cheese sandwiches. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Weeks of grilled cheese. You say that like it's a bad thing. And you haven't even seen what I packed for breakfast and dinners. We are going to be camping for months. My husband is insane. But Grubstick is the perfect cooking accessory for any campfire. And you can get 15% off using the coupon code HAPPYCAMPERS from our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Well, welcome back to the campfire one and all. Uh, we are here with Christian Allman from Six Sigma Ranch and... Christian is a great guy who lives in an Airstream with his family on a 4,000-acre winery that we have enjoyed as guests uh, as part of the Harvest Host program. So welcome, Christian. Thank you much. It's great to be with you. Christian knows all about all kinds of great adventure uh, and also knows quite a bit about fantastic wines, some of our favorite wines, and about bicycling. So we have so many things we could talk about. But let's talk first about RV adventure. You live with your family in an Airstream. I do. We uh, we used to have a house like normal people, and then a 
couple of years ago, we started looking at uh, ways of hosting guests here at the ranch, and I thought to do that properly, I wanted to know what it was like to live here uh, in that sort of a setting. So we actually bought a vintage Airstream. We remodeled it and put a little bunk room in the back for our three young kids, and that is our home. And we stay mostly at the ranch, but this week, for example, we'll take it up to to Seattle to to take a little family trip, and, and it's very much mobile. Wow, that's super cool. And how did you convince Rachel, Christian's wonderful wife, to go along with this idea? Rachel's actually a, a bit crazier than I am, so she was <laughs> she was not hard to convince at all. Uh, if, if she can get away with it, she'll never live in anything other than a tiny house because she thinks it's just a waste to, to run around and clean things when you could be outside doing fun things with people on adventure, so... That was an easy process. Ah, that's a good. It's always good to have a willing co-conspirator in life. As, as I am very, I count myself very fortunate in that respect too. Uh, people say I'm nuts, but I think Peggy is just yeah, as much. So. Yeah, it's it suits me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's then perfect. you you get to host guests, and I know you have, I believe, four places that RVers can come and enjoy the ranch. What what kind of neat people have you met, and what kind of adventures have you been able to share with these people? You're right. We have four spots here that we host through Harvest Host. And I know you had Joel on from Harvest Host, so your your crew there knows all about them. Uh, the ranch is about 4,000 acres, so they drive two miles down the driveway through a vineyard, through a cow pasture, and then down to our tasting room. Uh, we've got two right now, actually, that are staying with us. I just checked in a group before I jumped on the phone with you guys. And we host them for all the normal winery stuff to start, which is wine tasting and dinners and events. And then we do some bit more adventurous things. For example, we have a, a six-wheel ATV pin scour that we, we take into the vineyards for vineyard tours, and, and many of our harvest host guests will do that while they're here. Yeah. Those are super fun tours. Yeah, absolutely. So they they take guests up into the vineyards, which are above the tasting room, and there's all kinds of neat things you see as as you're on the way up there in that Pinscar, which is an is it an Austrian six wheel vehicle? It is. It's built in Austria. It's a 1973, so it's even older than my Airstream. <laughs> it's it, it's a cool rig, and people always have a lot of fun with it. And one of your vineyards, if if not more, are called the Diamond Mine? That's right. Lake, Lake County is unique because we have a lot of volcanic soil, and these soils have quartz stones in them that they're colloquially referred to as Lake County Diamonds. So when you walk through the vineyard, you occasionally see something sparkle, which is a small, extremely hard, perfectly clear glass-looking rock. And uh, one of our wines is named after the the Diamond Mine Red Blend. So part of the vineyard tour is that you can you can go look for these little diamonds in the vineyards. Isn't that cool? I mean, yeah. So and there are jewelers here in Lake County that will actually cut those into fancy settings, and and it looks just like a any other diamond, but it's a unique uh, gemological or geological item that comes from lake county right they're fascinating we've got people sometimes that take the tour just because they want to collect the diamonds huh that's <laughs> interesting but one of the the best diamonds you have are your wines of course in my opinion 
And Lake County has some unique growing realities that really favor some fantastic wines. We, we do. Lake County before was famous as a wine region was growing grapes for Napa. So we, we got a head start as a new region on very high quality wine. And then when we put out our first Tempranillo from the 2005 vintage, we were fortunate it was named the top Tempranillo in California by Wine Enthusiast magazine. And so that's been that's been uh, a claim to fame here too. A lot of people come here just to taste that specific wine, and and we're uh, of course very excited to share it with our guests. But we're also known for my favorite wine, which is Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, Sauvignon Blanc is another variety we do. And the joke among vintners up here is that if you make a bad Sauvignon Blanc in Lake County, you shouldn't be allowed to make wine because it really just grows itself. And and ours has uh, has gotten quite a following too. Yeah, in fact, a lot of people, I believe, associate Sauvignon Blanc with Australia and New Zealand, but I believe ours is comparable and might have won more awards. They win a lot of awards, and it's uh, wine's funny, right? Because it's nice, for example, that ours is named the top Tempranillo, but that's one guy's thoughts on one day. So with the Sauvignon Blancs, New Zealand has its own very unique style that a lot of people really love. And Lake County has a unique style that's completely different. Ours is, is more of a sunny, tropical, especially the one we make here is very distinctively California. And, and less of that real bright, crisp, uh, uh, almost, almost bitter-tasting uh, astringent. So... A lot of people think ours is better. A lot of people really love the New Zealand stuff, but but it's a, a unique thing that expresses our area, and it's, it's gotten very popular uh, from many wineries here in Lake County. So the idea is to try some from overseas and then come to Lake County and try some wines here and spend a, a few days trying wines. I, I think that's an admirable I, I think vacation. we should add that to our bucket list. That sounds like a pretty reasonable plan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But then I don't want to starve while I'm here, so I'd love to get some farm-raised pork and beef and that sort of stuff. Tony, you've come to the right place. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is so cool. <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, as you so subtly hint, it, it's a winery, but it's also very much a ranch. And if you look at a lot of new wineries, now it's it's just grapes, and that's great. But Ours is a sustainable, old-fashioned sheep manure in the vineyard kind of farming operation. And so when you come to the ranch and taste the wine, you can also purchase in our tasting room uh, beef raised at the property. We've got a freezer full of steaks, and we make sausages, and we host dinners around those things because they grow really well together. Sheep mow the vineyards, they fertilize, all as well. Uh, but they also, as they have in, in Europe and other places for for millennia, they, they go really well together as, as part of a meal. And if you pull in with a with a camper and a grill, we can absolutely accessorize you with with a fine pairing to cook outside. Yes, that's what we did. And it was just it was an absolutely magical experience. I mean, obviously you live there and you're used to it, but as a visitor it's just especially coming from any larger city or anything like that, to know that the sounds around you primarily are a babbling brook and birds in the trees is something 
very much to be experienced and you're not going to have to worry about how far you put out your awning in fear of touching the neighboring RV. It's pretty special. And, and even though we do live here full time, it's, it's tough not to enjoy. Like last night, Rachel and I just sat outside with a glass of wine from Vigilance, which is another great local Sauvignon Blanc. Um, and you look up and the stars, they look like the fake sky in the old cowboy movies. It just looks like it can't possibly be real. It's, it's a whole <laughs> different experience. Yeah, the, the sky here, I believe we are a dark sky country. And so there's tremendous stargazing opportunity. If that's something you're interested in, uh, this is a beautiful place to do it. And there's even an observatory up here if, if you want to take it a step further. You can spend some daytime fun, too, because you have built a mountain biking track there right at the vineyards, if I'm not mistaken. We did. This is, uh, this is one of those things that's too fun for me to even think of it as work. We, uh, we got approached by some local bike teams here for high school, and they asked if they could ride at our place, and we said, sure. And then they asked if they could build a few trails, and we said, sure. And I have a selfish interest in it because I'm a enthusiastic biker and it turned out uh, a couple years ago that now we host the the NorCal high school championship race so we had 800 students on the property and then they bring 2400 spectators and that's like the ultimate harvest host experience we had hundreds of RVs camping in our front valley for this race and as a byproduct we have these super fantastic trails so when guests come here we give them a little trail map, and many of them will bring mountain bikes and come here just for that specific purpose, and they'll go out and just have a blast before they come back and make dinner. Wow. And Great. How, um, what are the requirements for using the trails? So we open the trails to members of our club and members of Harvest House, and that's it's partly to just for crowd control and, and partly for liability. You know, we want to make sure we've got everybody... Uh, briefed on safety and so forth. So club members at the ranch can use the trails any time when we're open and uh, and harvest host guests are the same thing. Of course, as you're riding around, you're breathing the cleanest air in California and the third cleanest air in the United States by most measures. Tough to beat. Yeah, that's for sure. And then you get to go back to your RV and, and have, a, uh, have a wonderful bottle of wine and have some steaks or pork products is uh six sigma is it a family friendly destination we are family friendly we uh we don't subscribe to the whole snobby wine tasting experience idea so it's uh it's very family friendly we've got a a pot-bellied pig behind the tasting room that kids can pet we've got two goats that kids can feed and then uh, cornhole and, and whatever yard games. I think of it a little bit like the McDonald's playpen, you know, when you've got small kids and <laughs> they can go out and play. Um, only the the wine tasting here is a little bit a little bit better in my mind than hamburgers. Yeah, just just <laughs> slightly fewer uh, odd ingredients. So, any advice that you have for RVers or people looking to come up for a visit? Are there any touristy things that you do? Off of your property in the county? The whole region's just cool. I mean, you can you can rent a boat and spend the day on the biggest lake in California. You can see a number of different wineries. We have a few great restaurants up here, the, the Saw Shop and Park Place. And I think part of what's fun about 
Lake County is it, it makes a decent day trip, but but for RVers, you can spend two or three days here and and fully book your schedule as much as you absolutely want to. Yeah, and now the county is going to have bus tours to the top of Conocti again. That's a cool yes. trip. Whether you whether you hike it or bus it, the the view up there is just extraordinary. You can see San Francisco, you can see Napa Valley, all from one hill. Conocti is a l- volcano here that is not dormant; it's inactive. In other words, it's still it's still working. It's just in park at the moment, and you can now take bus tours to the top of that and look around and there's a fire lookout tower and the as christian said the view is just incomparable well thank you christian for your time this afternoon and for hosting us as as harvest host as a harvest host and for incredible wines and beef and pork and all of that it's always a pleasure to to spend time with you yeah no problem you guys are or in an industry that I much appreciate, not just as a visitor in an RV, but uh, actually right now it's it's my whole my whole every day. So I uh, I have a, a close appreciation for your listeners here. Oh well, mm-hmm. thank you, and uh, we'll be by pretty soon and get some more wine because we're running low, and that's just that's bad. right. <laughs> we'll we'll you get can't you can't be running out of Sauvignon Blanc. No, yeah, that's no good. Just. Just back it, back it on up, and we'll load you up. I'll bring the truck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, so thank you. Finally getting that yard work done. No, I've tied all these balloons to a lawn chair, and I'm going to float around and tell everybody to put their car shows on the curbside car show calendar and catch up on the world of classic cars with a curbside classic car podcast. Well, you don't have to go anywhere. They can do it right from any smartphone or computer. Besides, are you trying to win a Darwin Award? Up, up, and away. Oh, oh no! I, I dropped the, the BB gun. gun. I'll get the rifle. Gosh, I hope I don't miss. Hey, hey, hey. The, the neighbors, neighbors are skinny to me. Oh, my husband is insane. But curbside.tv is a great place to get the word out about your car shows and enjoy a fun podcast about vintage cars. And it's always free. Well, there you go. Two great guests, in my opinion. And, uh, we, you know, Peggy and I are really having a good time doing these podcasts. We are. And I hope that you're having as much fun listening to them as we are making them. Yeah, we're really enjoying it. And we sincerely appreciate the feedback and comments and all the things that, that have come our way. So, you know, next week we're going to be talking about camping without power. And we would love to hear your favorite tips for camping without power. Yeah, this is things like boondocking where basically there's not a plug-in. So your best tips, and we've got a few, and so that's what we're planning for next week. Uh, Don't forget, we really appreciate when you tell someone around the campfire or tell a friend. So if you want to get a hold of us, of course, look at all the social places or just go to www.stresslesscamping.com. From there, you can find us in all the social places. So, but remember, don't look at your phones too much. You're, you're camping. There you go. That's my advice. Put the phone away. From the man who plays with his phone too much. Well, once again... Thank you very much, everybody, and uh, happy happy camping. camping. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey. But don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app and visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. 
I'm stressless camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping. <laughs>